dim the lights because it's time for the feature presentation of the box office preview podcast an onstage blog podcast network production i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and on screen joining me today my co-host if he starred in a rom-com his first and only choice for romantic love interest would be ryan johnson it's on-screen <laughs> chief critic ken jones ken welcome how are you <laughs> i'm good i did not uh, i did not see that coming and it would be nc17 <laughs> because it was so gross he'd be slobbering all over him like uh... all right settle down <laughs> <laughs> well a movie that did settle down this weekend was uh, terminator dark fate uh it did win uh did win the weekend, but it, it very well uh, underperformed its expectations, coming in at twenty nine point oh million dollars uh, for the weekend. The there were, general... there were no. Let's be honest, there were no winners in this scenario. <laughs> no, no. The uh, you guessed uh, forty one million. I guessed thirty nine. So I barely, barely mm-hmm. won because I'm just within ten million. Uh, if you were any kind of. Uh upstanding man you would you would not accept that victory no i oh i i, I happily accept <laughs> yet any honor a win a win is a win is a win and our chris peterson guessed 48 million so he was well <laughs> off. Uh, he was, was definitely <laughs> voting with his heart <laughs> it was just total wishful thinking on his part um so you you wrote a nice review of this movie as you always do uh which is published on, on screen on onstageblog.com uh, you basically just and you can speak to this yourself if you want, but summarizing, you called this a good movie, uh, but an unnecessary sequel, and it just made you really wish it didn't make any more movies after T two. Uh, anything you want to expand upon yeah, that? No, I mean it. It uh, it, it really is like a, a a a okay movie. It's it's not. Uh... It's it's not salvation and it's not Genesis, which <laughs> is wow. a very low bar. High, but high still, praise like, indeed. Yeah, the right. fact that it's not those movies is really a good thing. Um, Linda Hamilton, it's it's great to see her back uh, and all that stuff. Um, the the new characters are 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 good, but again, like I just I walked out of the movie like really conflicted that it's a good movie, but. <laughs> It, it just reinforced every single belief I had that they should have just completely stopped on T2 mm-hmm. and never gone back to it. Yeah. I mean, just in this age of Hollywood, that's just, it's not, not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And we talked about ways. I think if you had yeah. to do sequels that took place, especially the ones that took place during the robot, when the robots are ruling, you know, the world, I think ways that could have made it more interesting and really, really talked about the dangers of AI and, and uh, how robots can can rule us not just like physically but also you know with uh with technology and imitating us and really controlling all the ways we act and and do but they just were not interested in telling that. i mean they they, they really weren't they were really just stuck on the chase model of the movie which is you know (laughs) robot comes and and relevant like uh to 2019 like headlines Right, right, yeah. right. They had to tell an, an immigration parable, I guess. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, can we officially, officially, officially proclaim this franchise dead? I want uh, to. I mean, <laughs> they want to make two more sequels. I don't. Of course based they on, do. But based off this box office, I don't see how they will. This is a very clear trend. Like every, each sequel has done less than the last since T two. I mean, that's just it's undeniable. I mean, yeah. This, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the weird thing is, like, 
I think this is the last Arnold Terminator movie. I, I, I hope and, so. <laughs> and if they if they move forward, it'll be with Linda Hamilton. Right. And this is only getting into like mild spoiler territory. Um, yeah. Right. But it's just like they they make some really bold decisions early on mm-hmm. that I don't entirely like. Mm-hmm. But then they go in a very different direction too, and 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 kind of like reset everything. Um, so I mean, they definitely charted a path forward to make more movies. Um, yeah, right. I, I think whether it happens or not might depend on the international totals uh, more than the, the domestic, because the yeah. domestic is not going to measure up. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I guess I'd be surprised if the international audience really loved this movie and the franchise uh maybe they do i don't know uh, but from domestically speaking is there any lesson to be learned in this movie uh, underperforming bot you know some call it a bomb i don't know if it's quite a bomb at 29 i would say if it was under it's 25 great. i mean no gonna, it's not good no, they, they spent good. like close anywhere between like 175 and two hundred million dollars to make this movie i think yeah i, I guess i consider it so i guess my definition of a bomb is like below 20 to, million or something uh, like that. Yeah. Like under forecast by like 50%, basically, you know, like, yeah, like I mean, trucking. yeah. The problem uh, is like it got, it got good reviews and, right. and it just opened to not a whole lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. And, and, and in and a I very have, quiet period too. Right. And I'm glad <clears throat> get given that, um, this is basically being called the Terminator Awakens, uh, and this was, you know, a decently reviewed movie. I'm really glad it bombed because if it did well in the box office, Hollywood was just gonna, oh they're yeah. just gonna reboot this with, you know, with, under the model of the Force Awakens to as many franchises they can come up with, which would have been really bad for movies. Um, I think so. Hopefully, there's some caution now to that approach if they ever try that again. Um, right. Although, again, I think Terminator is a, a truly unique franchise in that, you know, again, every sequel was worse than the last, you know, from the box, from probably from, uh, definitely from a box office perspective, which is not usually the case, mm. you know, usually kind of peaks a little bit later, you know, in its franchise life. Um, okay. So, so do you recommend uh, seeing it? Or no? Like, should I go see this? Like, I, 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 I again, I've seen all the Terminator movies in the theaters. I was not planning on seeing this one. Should I go see it? In I mean, theater. if you, if you, if you want, if you're a completist, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, I mean, it's hard to talk about without like spoiling anything. Like, there, there's something that happens at the beginning of the movie that like mm-hmm. really, really, like genuinely upset me as a fan <laughs> of the first two movies. Okay. Um, yeah. But then after that, it's uh, it's it's your mileage with with the what? the idea. What, did, Ed, did Edward Furlong show up like a hundred pounds overweight, and that was the upsetting <laughs> part? You know, like what did you do to yourself? Stop it! You know, he's bald and <laughs> overweight. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we'll take that as a tepid maybe. Uh, let's move on to the releases this week. We have we have a lot of new releases this week. Um, we have so we have the last Christmas uh, Doctor Sleep. And Midway and uh, playing with fire and there's uh, one more. It's, it's wide, but it's uh, it's kind of a lesser known movie. Um, I forget what it is. I have to pull it up, but whatever it is, it's not not particularly important. But we have four four releases. We're gonna start with Last Christmas, 
Um, it's not Last Christmas is not expected to be the winner of the weekend or even the winner of new releases. Uh, I think that's going to go to Doctor Sleep. But uh, Last Christmas is a more fresh movie to to talk about, and thus we should open with. Um, so we're going to start there for a couple reasons. So again, one is it's a rom com, and we and we really haven't had a lot of rom coms. I would say globally in the last few years, especially mm. this year. Um, the last big rom com was Crazy Rich Asians. Um, there, there's been a couple very smaller ones, um, and I think it's notable that we're getting one in a pretty prime slot in early November. Uh, it's also a Christmas rom-com, which makes it even more kind of notable um, for potential audience uh, goers. And it stars Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, uh, Emma Thompson, who's who's a supporting uh, actress as well as who wrote the picture. And is directed by Paul Feige, a uh, notable comedy director, and is branching out from... Uh, the bridesmaid uh, style movies to you know now he did a thriller before and now he's going to the rom-com rom-com area so there's a few storylines uh, that we just briefly covered Ken let's start with Amelia Clark so mm-hmm. so she's obviously notable from Game of Thrones uh, so Game of Thrones is over and we've had some Game of Thrones stars move to the big screen uh, with varying degrees of success uh, I would say the biggest success right now is Tyrion Lannis I've called him by his character's name Tyrion Lannister played by <laughs> Peter, Peter Dinklage uh he's had some really solid uh roles he's been in the X-Men movie uh he was in the Adam Sandler uh movie about aliens coming in again I wouldn't say these are Oscar contending roles but it's pretty notable he's he's, he's had important roles in blockbusters he was uh, the guy in End- Avengers Endgame uh so he's had a nice movie career so far um Jamie Lannister, played by Nikolai Coster-Waldo, um, he was <laughs> notably started that uh, that uh, whitewashing uh, Egyptian movie, which I actually kind of enjoyed. Oh gosh, yeah, um, <laughs> Gods and Monsters, or Gods something and, like that. No, no, uh, was that? Oh, no, uh, Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt, yes. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Gerard Butler as a villain in that one. And, uh, <laughs> and the movie, it's, again, just so okay. bad. It's good. Can't be material. <laughs> but he's had a couple supporting roles. So uh, this brings us to Amelia Clark, who... Um, so she was in Solo. She, has, she had a, a prominent role in that movie as a love interest. Kira. Terminator Genesis. She was in Terminator Genesis as Sarah Connor. Which apparently and, uh, didn't happen, though. Remember, <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It's all been it's all been papered over. So, um, I mean, I really so speaking of, I really thought she would kill it as Sarah Connor. Like, I really as the modern day Linda Hamilton, I thought she was almost kind of perfect for the role. Um, she might have suffered from just a terrible script and just a terrible movie altogether. But what's your take on Amelia Clark as a potential uh, box uh, movie star? Like, can she do it? Can she not? Does she just need the right role? Uh, or think, she just falls a little short. I think she falls just a little short, but she could get there still. I think there's still time for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's gotten the. I think <laughs> I'm saying like a lot of these things. I don't think she's. I also think she has not gotten the right role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, don't I think necessarily think that Last Christmas will be the one that uh, shoots her into the stratosphere either. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I gotta say, it, it's a little rough watching her in, in the trailers so far. I don't know. She looks like a bad fit for a rom-com. And, you know, you'll wait and see again. I'm uh, Unless my wife really wants to see this movie in the theater, which I'll, I'll be surprised. I'm not, I will not be seeing this in the theater. But she just looks like a tough fit um, for the rom-com role. It looks awkward. Um, 
I thought she was again. I thought she been. I thought she'd been terrific as Sarah Connor. She just kind of didn't. It didn't really work for her. Yeah, it didn't click. I mean, I a thought, lot of that movie didn't click. But I thought Kira she was good as. Like again, I thought I thought she was really solid in that. That was a role I didn't think she yes, would and so Solo, off, yeah. She fit well in the Star Wars universe and just in you know the space adventure type of movie. So I'm kind of with you. I I I, I just. She would need to be an act. I don't, I don't know about either action or, again, roles where it takes a really strong uh, woman, a strong female role, and that could be a drama, you know, too. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm not seeing. I, I just, I don't think she's going to pull this off in rom com. I wish her the best of luck. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kind of with you. So it's also sort of notable that. So again, we've had, we've had very few rom coms and. We're going to get into some of the notable rom-coms and where this could fit in in a little bit. But Amelia Clark and Henry Goldie is not exactly two A-listers coming to play in here. And the question is, I guess, are the, st- are the big stars, is it, are they just too expensive to cast in this because they're on a small budget? Are they all tied up in Marvel movies? You know, what's going on? Where Like, is this really the best they could do, um, you know, for this kind of prominent rom-com launch? Yeah, for, well, for I mean, for better or worse, like, I mean, this has been coming up with not with rom coms, but, uh, you know, with the stuff that Martin Scorsese's <laughs> been yes. talking about recently with like cinema versus Marvel uh, movies. Uh, a, a lot of your rom coms have been ported over from the big screens over to Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon. Uh, Netflix so, and the Hallmark Channel. Uh, and the Hallmark. Add. I mean, yeah, especially the holiday <laughs> movies. Um, I think uh, is, the isn't Hallmark, Hallmark coming out with thirty? I think they come out with thirty oh Christmas movies, gosh. original, like a new it's, new Christmas yeah. movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just there, there's they're they're not as prevalent on the big screen anymore. Um, or, or I think Hallmark kind of proved that stars don't really matter because people just love the genre, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, uh, and they just Which and, is, and it's. Yep. Uh, and Amelia Clark and Henry Golding might be good enough, you know, just to kind of get people to pay twelve bucks to see it. I've always been like, kind of torn about that, where it's like, you know what, like maybe demand like just a little bit more of like your favorite genres. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, it, yeah. like horror and rom coms for me. Like, I, I like honestly, like I like a good rom com or romance mm-hmm. movie. And I, I really like a good horror movie, but there's so much crap in both of those genres. And it's just <laughs> like, right. and, and people will, even if they're crap, people will just, will just like consume them. And yeah. Because... Like, have, have some, have some dignity, you know? So I think, so I think with rom-coms, I think rom-coms more than any other genre really depend on the chemistry between the two leads. And even well, if you yeah. know, even if you know the formula, and, and again, every rom-com has the exact same formula. Yeah. Boy meets girl, ball, boy falls in love with girl, they go out, they have a great time, something happens, they split apart, right. and then, and they, then they, eventually get, they eventually come back together you know, at the very end. Exact same formula. Um, but it's, when you, when you, when you have like awesome chemistry between the two leads or just really witty banter, just, it doesn't really matter because that's what you're going in there for, especially if you, if the stars are really likable, you know, that's why you see the same Shakespeare play, you know, every five years, but you know the story, but it's different actors and they do it differently. That's why you had Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in like four (laughs) movies together in the nineties. Right. You know, right, right. They had chemistry. It worked. So I want to talk about the Hallmark angle a little bit more because it, 
it's hallmarks just really exploded i would say half my facebook feed watches them and comments oh, on them on mom, social media. it's my mom's favorite channel right all she'll watch from like november to the through end of december is, is hallmark right which did not exist even five years ago never mind 15 20 25 years ago yeah so it's gonna be so it's i'm i'm gonna be really curious as to the box office angle on this because on one hand you have so much supply on the free market that are people really gonna you know carve out time and money to see this on the other hand if you really have christmas movies there's nothing better than to it's like when the hollywood comes out with one it's like they're blessing your love of the genre so you kind of have to go to the theater to kind of see this version so you can i can see it going either way and i'll be very curious what the uh and we'll make our predictions you know at the end at the end of this podcast um i want to ask you do you have ken do you have an idea what's your guess for the top grossing rom-coms of all time unadjusted for inflation if i had a guess um is, is the number one a julia roberts movie uh no really is it sandra uh, bullock no really yeah well then i'm kind of out of my depth here <laughs> <laughs> can you give me a decade uh yes it is i'll give you the year 2002 oh so it's not love actually and, and I will give you a hint. There's no stars in this movie. There's no notable stars in this movie. Really? Yeah. 2002. It was a huge surprise that this movie blew up the way it did. Was it and Bridget it, Jones's Diary? Nope. Nope. It spawned a TV show. I think it spawned a really bad sequel and a TV show as well. Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea. A big fat Greek wedding. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I never 200- saw it. You never, it's good. Actively, yeah. I actively yeah. avoided it actually. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it since it originally came out. I think I saw it with my girlfriend at the time, uh, but it's, I remember it being solid. It's like, it's really solid, you know, but the 241 That's domestically for, me for some reason. Uh, it sounds gimmicky, but it's really just, I mean, the pull of it was, it was like a family comedy and obviously yeah. it's a Greek, about a Greek family. It's pretty it authentic. heavily into the Greek aspect. Yes. Yes. From everything that I saw. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, number two is also no Julia Roberts and no Sandra Bullock. Um, Can you give me but, a, a decade? Uh, yes. 2000. Uh, the year 2000. Came. Oh, the year 2000. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Can you give me the the lead actress? Um, I don't remember the lead actress. The lead actor is Mel Gibson, which should be a giveaway. I what think. women want? Yep. What women want? Alan Number Hunt. Two. Alan Hunt. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Underneath two million, so sixty million wow. below my big fat Greek wedding. Uh, number three, Pretty Woman. There's your Julia Roberts movie, yep. uh, 178. Again, adjusted for inflation, I think Pretty Woman is number one. But oh, I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, we don't have that available anymore. Thank you, Box Office Mojo and IMDb. Ooh. Number four, I was shocked this was number four. Hitch. Hitch number four, 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 177. I really, I'm a big fan of Hitch. Um, Me too. Yeah, Will Smith, Ava Mendes. 90%. Very fun. Yep. And then 90%, number five. Man. <laughs> then number five there's something about mary uh just below hitch 176 uh obviously that's a, that's a comedy classic never mind a romantic comedy classic again I, i'm a little uncomfortable calling that a rom-com i mean it technically it, it, is uh, it technically is yeah it's definitely hot, above the genre um i guess it could fit in if you if you made it uh crazy rich asians came out last year 
is number six, uh, followed by the oh. proposal. I'm also a fan of the proposal. Um, I thought that was really well done. The Sandra Bullock, That's the Sandra and, uh, Bullock and Ryan Reynolds one. Yep, yep. I think I saw that one once. Yeah, and then rounding out the top ten, Jerry Maguire, Runaway Bride, mm. and Knocked Up. Knocked Up at number nice. ten. So, but interestingly, like mo- all these movies, except for Crazy Rich Asians, are like late '90s, early 2000s. Yep. Uh, like that was like the bread and butter of rom coms. Oh yeah. Then. Even if you go through like the top 20, 25, they're all from late 90s, like early 2000s. Like the earliest movie you have to get to um, uh, When Harry Met Sally, 1989. Um, even before that. Now, again, when you get into the older days, since this is, this is not adjusted for inflation, it's kind of hard, you know, to get up there. But and also uh, the Goodbye Girl, you know, is number 34. So. Uh, yeah, so interesting. So, you know, that's your top five. I don't think the last Christmas will get there in the top 10 or even the unlikely top, uh, or even the top 22. I guess it has a shot. I guess it has a shot to get a, get to 100 million, maybe if everything broke right. It's like 95%, you know, crazy rich Asians kind of thing. But uh, okay, so what else do we have? Oh, last, last storyline. You and I have talked about this with horror movies. I'm going to talk about this with Christmas movies. Why are Christmas movies opening in November? Explain That's it to it. me, please. A, Second I, in November. Why? Honestly, I have no answer. I like that has always been a question I've had as well, and it's it's never made sense. I guess there's you could say that like you know in late November to through December makes sense. Yeah, for yeah, a Christmas absolutely. movie. Um, because you're getting, you're getting people 100%. in the mood for Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and, and you figure like as it gets closer to Christmas, maybe they'll still have some legs at the at the theater. They but really don't. I've looked at I, it. They really don't. They they're out of the theater by like early December, and it just makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, so, it's never made sense to me. Yeah, and and yeah, just for those who don't know in the audience, so movies. They, they really peter out by like the fifth or sixth week for the most part. You know, they, you know, maybe they'll be in like a hundred theaters by week eight, but in terms of being in thousands of theaters, that's pretty much over by like the fifth week or so. Like, mm-hmm. so fifth week from November 8th is like early December. So it, it's just, I don't get it. I've never gotten it. The last Christmas movie I remember opening in December was um, office Christmas party. I think that was like mm-hmm. a mid December. Again, that makes sense. Um, I, again, like, uh, just we'll get to this doctor sleep you know horror movies like horror movies are definitely year round but just it feels weird when you open right after halloween yeah and just and uh this and i'm more sympathetic to horror movies opening like september and stuff because i think halloween truly starts after labor day now so i think i'm, I'm more open to that but i don't know i don't know when the unanswered question okay ready for see don't see sure okay so for those joining us for the first time, we, I will read Ken uh, several categories that relate to the movie. We will score that our interest in seeing the movie based on that category alone on a scale of negative three to positive three. We'll tally up our scores, and then that's how we quantify our interest in the movie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Amelia Clark. See or don't see? Uh, yeah. Love her in Game of Thrones, but uh, a little uneven on the movie theater, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a zero. Okay. I'm still a one. I, I am a, my, my belief is fading, but I'm still holding a little bit of hope. I'm a one. Henry Golding. 
Henry Golding. Um, I did like him in Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I don't have a whole lot of exposure to him. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to stay with a zero. I had not seen Crazy Rich Asians, so I have zero exposure to him. So I'm also zero on that. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. All you know is, oh, well, let me be specific. All you know is she is star- She has a supporting role and she wrote the movie. So based on those that and that alone, what is your interest? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to... I'm gonna give that a two, um, an unexpected two. Okay. Just uh, yeah, I, I generally find her entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a very funny actress, and she's mm-hmm. also a very good actress. Oh, is this and all because of that? that because of that dumb no, 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 not not just because of late night, <laughs> which was also a very good movie, and she was uh... amazing. Was, uh, of course. Oh, she yeah. was great in that movie, but only, um, only because she starred with Mindy Kaling, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like Emma Thompson, like like I don't think I've seen a bad movie from her. I'm sure they're out there. Like nobody, like yeah. okay, she was Agent O in Men in Black International. Like that's <laughs> oh she was you know, oh my yeah, God. but Jeez. I mean she was on she was on screen for like less than five minutes. <laughs> you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, like I. I Gen- generally speaking, I enjoy Emma Thompson's movies. So, wow, yeah. that's a fun little uh, fact from you now that I didn't know. Um, I'm man and Emma Thompson. She's fine. I, I don't see how uh, she does not drive me to the theater one iota to see any type of performance from her. I, some half the time I don't even know it's her when she's in it. Uh, big fat zero for me. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look. I mean, maybe uh, I'm more of a one, but I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop one one and a half. Because oh. I'm no. looking at her, at, her, at her IMDb list, and there's a lot of movies that, <laughs> honestly, like, I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So. Okay. Uh, Paul, yeah, I generally oh. enjoy her. Okay. Paul Fage. All you know is Paul Fage is directing the movie. See? Or don't mm. see. I'm going to go with a two. I... I Generally speaking, have enjoyed all of his movies except for uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> I would mildly at you for the. I ride for. I ride for the first hour of Ghostbusters. I think. I think. I think the first hour yeah. is like a classic Paul Fage comedy, which I get if you're Ghostbusters you're not looking for like a Paul Fage style comedy, looking for a Ghostbusters movie, but just for his type of humor, I think it's. I, I ride for the first hour. Um, I'm I'm still a three. I'm still a three on him. I really, I, re- I mean, bridesmaids. The bridesmaids heat. is great. <laughs> bridesmaids and the heat are two of my favorite comedies. Spy of is hilarious. Ah, uh, I, I like the Jason Statham parts of Jason Spy. Jason Statham is so funny. He he is so freaking funny. The rest of it, like, <laughs> again, the problem is Melissa McCarthy needs someone to play off of. If she doesn't have, I mean, she plays off of Statham a little bit. And she plays off Jude, but like, she Rose needs like. I'm sorry, Rose yeah, Byrne. Yeah, yeah. I think she's someone. She didn't have a suitable comedy equal to play off of in this movie for me, anyway. I mean, she's. It's just. It's. It made some of the, the segments a little hard, or at least not as funny as Fair it should have been. Uh, but but yeah, but the Heat and Bridesmaids are my favorite comedies. I love his style of directing. He just lets Paul Feige loves directing. Loves direct. Just letting them go, basically. Yeah, and he directs really well. 
the devil the de-evolution of a scene where it starts off you know proper and then it just goes into chaos in a really controlled way it's he's, he's very clever in that way so i'm a three a three yeah. uh christmas movie all you know is in the genre of the movie is a christmas movie see mm. events I mean, generally speaking, I'm probably uh, negative one on Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't really do much for me. Yeah, I am too. I mean, there's a few that I, I really like, but... Yeah, no, yeah. Me, me too. I, in this day and age, I, I'm i very suspicious of them because, again, I think most of them follow the same kind of formula, and the formula just doesn't really work for me. Um Again, some I like, and when in the right mood and the right uh, area, it's they're they're fine and they're entertaining. But I am skeptical. Negative one for me as well. Uh, rom coms. We talked a lot about them. All you know is it's a rom com. See or don't see. Mm, uh, probably a one, just because again, like there's so much crap out there. <laughs> like, but like the be- like the the really good ones are really really good and really really fun to watch. It's just if. Not knowing anything beyond the fact that it's a rom com, like I, it's probably better chance than not that you're going to get a, a crappy one. Yeah, I, I'm going the other way because I think we just ran through. There's really been a dearth of rom coms lately, so if one's coming out, I'm 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 at least a one. I can't quite go a two. Um, it really kind of depends on the leads, but I'm a strong one. We'll, we'll call it a strong one. Uh, lastly, uh, all you know about the movie is it prominently features uh, the most overplayed Christmas song of all time in the trailers. Uh, Last Christmas, of course, by uh, <laughs> was it Boy George or George Michael? I can never keep them, keep them straight. Oh, George, uh, right? sure. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not big on '80s music. <laughs> George Michael. George, George Michael. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I, I, if it's featured in a trailer, I gotta figure it's. I gotta think it's gonna factor somewhere in the movie. It also call, it's also it's called also Last the title Christmas. Of the movie. <laughs> right, it's also the title of the movie. Based on that and that alone, see or don't see. Mm, I'm I'm kind of indifferent to the song and George <laughs> Michael, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna say zero. It sounds yeah. like you're a negative three. <laughs> <laughs> what did I give it away? The wording. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the most overused Christmas song of all time. I'm not quite a negative three. I am, I am a strong minus two, though. Strong minus two. Weighted. <laughs> right. Weighted three. three. <laughs> all right. So our scores for this are you're a positive four out of seven categories. I am a positive two out of uh, seven categories. Um, I have some bonus questions. I have four, actually. Uh, if it, if the movie was called Last Thanksgiving or Last President's Day instead, and if this <laughs> took place during the, those two holidays, would that make you more or less interested in the movie? Um, probably less. Okay. Although I think that might be not the worst idea of a uh, sequel, <laughs> or, or for making a franchise out of this. You right. know. Well, they've done that. Like, wasn't isn't there? They did that like, with like Valentine's Day yes. and like New Year's Day, New Year's Day. and like <laughs> Martin Luther King Day, they, uh, April Fool's Day, Tax sure. Day, Flag Day, Arbor Day, <laughs> right? Flag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Last President's Day would definitely interest me because I, you know, <laughs> do like presidential history, and I think there may be some you know, invocation of that. But it could, and it could be historical too. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Peace. 
Next, if Ryan Johnson directed this movie instead oh, of Paul stop Fitch, it. <laughs> no, serious question. If Ryan Johnson did direct, like if his same star, same plot, same everything except Ryan Johnson directed this, would you go see this opening weekend? Yes. <laughs> really? Be, yes, because I would be so like perplexed. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> like I would be concerned. <laughs> I would I would want to see it, but I would be really concerned. And I would want to know, like, why he was doing it. And what what does the final product look like? Write him a letter instead of going to see the movie. How about about that? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Well, I'm a big fat no. Uh, That that wasn't apparent. Um, If if, Bonus question number three. If Amelia Clark played... If her character was like a really close version of Daenerys Targaryen, like in this movie, like like very fiery temper, but also a lot of charisma, like again, very close character to this. What uh, if what if she was like a, a a Game of Thrones like cosplayer in the movie? <laughs> wow, we get really like, meta. Though, yeah, that... <laughs> Someone that just like walked around like as Daenerys in real life. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. More interesting. Okay. All right. I would be more. I'd be slightly more interested. <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. Actually, you know, honestly, if it was if it was the actual Daenerys Targaryen character in the movie, I, I might be more. <laughs> right. <interested. laughs> right. Right. That would be right. That could be potentially <laughs> interesting. You know, she has to tell Henry Golding she can't have kids, or you know, that would be a very you know tough moment in the. In the Where movie. are my dragons? Right. 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 <laughs> Sung to last Christmas, like it's not like a fiery. It's like sung to the. The, the tone and the beat of it. Uh, last bonus question. Instead of uh, British accents, if they like had Russian accents instead, if it was set in like Russia and like, this was like a totally like Russian movie, same stars, same director, same everything. Just, they were just talking Russian accents instead, uh, more or less interested. In um, I'm confused. Cause I thought all Russian accents are actually British accents <laughs> in, in most movies. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. We'll say authentic, authentic Russian. If you've uh, seen Chernobyl, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Right. Right. Let's say this movie took place in Russia, you know, and uh, they're Uh, a Russian lady and Henry Golding is. I feel like that would be a very darker movie, (laughs) especially with the title Last Christmas. I think it would be like almost like apocalyptic or something. (laughs) Yeah. We can factor in Putin. Like, my Putin has made a lot more like. Like, this is very last. involved and. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I would be more interested. That would be that would be a fascinating, uh, fascinating movie. Okay. So we'll make our predictions uh, for that at the end of this podcast. Let's move to Doctor Sleep, uh, which is projected to be to win the weekend for at least new releases. Uh, it is the sequel to The Shining, uh, another book authored by Stephen King that is adapted to the big screen, directed by Mike Flanagan, starring. Ewan McGregor as Danny, Danny Torrance, uh, some number of years later, um, who meets a child who also has his gift, and he has to protect her or steward her past this weird cult um, that's trying to find her for and capture her for some reason. Um, let's start with, what's, as far as storylines go, does The Shining need a sequel, Ken? Ah, uh, far be it for me to tell Stephen King what to do. <laughs> uh, I would say we just Shining came works. from Terminator. We didn't need the, sequels for that. No, no we uh, definitely did not. Right. Um, the Shining works great as like a standalone, um, both as a as a movie and as a book. Um, 
I started listening to the audiobook of Doctor Sleep, so I can't speak to the quality of that. Um, I mean, if he's got a good idea for a, a way to go back to it, then... All right, so you're, you're yeah. giving me another non-answer to the question. All right, I'll... You're in. Okay. Stephen, Stephen King knows what he's doing, generally speaking. Well, so. just because, but again, just because he, just because he wrote a book doesn't mean Main we need the movie. solidarity. <laughs> just because he wrote the book doesn't mean we need the movie. And this is a movie podcast, first and foremost. Um, sure. So I, I will give an equivocal answer, which is, or I'm sorry, unequivocal answer, which is no, we don't need a sequel to this, um, especially if the parts back in the mansion or the hotel, I should say are just, you know, member berries, a uh, force awakened style, like just recreating shots, iconic shots from the original. I don't think uh, it is. No, it is. Have you seen the recent? I trips? mean, there've been some shots of that, but right. I, I like, I think there's like genuine, like uh, new stuff going on. At the, I, I, the yeah. yeah I'm, being che- I'm being a little cheeky. In my you are just cause in the new, in this the in most recent trailers, right. In the most recent trailers, they recreate that famous stairway shot, you know, Jack yep. Nicholson chasing, um, what's her name? And uh, there's, and the door shot, like, is in there. Here's Johnny. Like, I just... Comes... Right. Well, that, I, that I'm... I, I would need to see how that's worked in. I could see where there's a use, like, the twins come back. Like, I'm okay with that. But just, like, we don't need Ewan McGregor peeking through the door like Jack Nicholson did when he did the Here's Johnny line. Like, we just... It's oh, not... yeah, but you know that's... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, that's um, something, like, you can't you can't resist kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right, so it should be said, and I, you could consider this a spoiler or not, it's in movie reviews. Um, it looks like the third act is going to take place in the, man, yeah, in the hotel. What I was. Yeah. The first two acts are not, they're going to be somewhere else, probably in Danny's home or wherever he's living at the time. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson's getting uh, rave reviews so far um, as a villain. Um, you know, she's the leader of this cult. I'm very curious to see how she, how, how she is in this movie. I'm a Rebecca, as we'll get to and see, don't see, I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, also notable about this movie is so this is directed by Mike Flanagan, who is is your Ryan Johnson? <laughs> Not, no, James James Wan is my Ryan Johnson. But, uh, oh, sorry, but, he's but a Christopher close. Nolan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, it's you know this is the golden age of horror, and uh, Mike Flanagan is one of you know the most trusted names in horror. Gotta say, he really hasn't had a dud yet. He's done a number of. Horror mm. movies, uh, all of them that reviewed really well, including movies that had no business being good or anywhere close to good. I'm looking at you, Oculus, um, but there's still, you know, he still made that really good movie. And um, interesting that he was sort of tabbed for this because this is this is a bit of a deviation for him. I mean, this is I think it's going to be half a horror and half like a psychological thriller from what it looks like. Um, Where I'm going to ask you to rank. The three, I think, most notable, and I would I would say the best horror directors we have right now, mm-hmm. Mike Flanagan, James Wan, Jordan Peele. Rank them for me. I think James Wan, Jordan Peele, Mike Flanagan. Okay. But only because I don't think Mike Flanagan is much of a household name as the others. Uh, and he hasn't done anything uh, that's... Even though he hasn't made a bad one, like you said, uh, he hasn't made anything that's risen to the level of what those other two have done yet, quite yet. 
have to look up his IMDb. His, his so I'm looking at it right now. He's he's yeah, done. Uh, I don't know about Absentia, but he did Oculus, yeah. uh, Hush, Before yeah. I Wake. Oh, not, it's not really Origin. a horror. Yeah, but yeah, it's a thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil. That had Gerald no business game. being good, but it was. But right, it was. Decent. But it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I totally agree with you on yeah. on the quality of his his work so far. Yeah. Right. Um, I just I, I I think, you know, uh, us and and Get Out, and then um, James Wan's uh, his his movies are are, are more notable. Yeah. Well, so and, definitely and more no- definitely more notable. I I want to so. I think Jordan Peele is a very is extremely talented director. You know, his his work speaks for itself so far. And I think he's a good director more for his blend of horror with some socio-political messaging and even cultural messaging rather mm-hmm. than just a pure horror craft itself. Again, I like I don't like Get Out is not a particularly scary movie. It's not particularly me. scary, but it's right. still like it's so some effective kind of at scary. what it does. Yeah, it, it's brilliant in different ways, in my yeah, you know, in my in my opinion. I mean, there's uh, not there's not a ton of jump scares or you know, there's there's different ways that movies can be scary. Definitely, yeah, yeah, you know? and and I think Flanagan is is good at those ways too. Um, where Juan Juan James Juan, I think, is the master of the jump scare. Um, I think he's yeah. he's mastered that as well as he uh, he, he stuff. He, he he gave me a he did the Conjuring right. Yes. Yeah. yeah he that that uh, he he gave me a full body goose pimple um with with the uh with a scene in, in the conjuring yeah which yeah. i've never experienced before in a movie <laughs> now it before was really or since yeah yeah so yeah i agree i'm i'm one the only thing with Juan is he is a little erratic um he's had some duds um you know and he, he can get a little carried away certain times during you know certain certain of his horror movies like the second half of the conjuring 2 he's just like letting it rip in not in a good way you know just like, right yeah he, he got a little sloppy i think in, in my opinion which he, he can get insidious like i think is also a mixed bag i think some of it's brilliant and some of it's just like mm. okay he's, he's also just... branched out a little bit now too into yes fast right. and furious and aquaman yeah so yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to see what Flanagan does here. Um, I, I I don't know if he's going to stick with the horror genre. I think they rarely do. You know, we've seen James Wan branch out. I think we're going to see Jordan Peele eventually branch out. You know, horror. Although with considering how big horror is now, like it's no longer like this low budget playground. Like they're going to get yeah you know, some serious budget production now because horror is going to be here to stay. So. Um, so I'm looking forward to see what he does. He'll have, you know, maybe it's more Netflix series like the haunting of Hill house. Uh, we'll see. Uh, last question for you, uh, for Dr. Soup before we get to see, you don't see, can we adapt some other horror authors work? I mean, you know, does it have to be Stephen King all the time? Yes. Yes. He's number one. So actually, yeah, I'm not even sure he's number be, one. Yeah. So I know like, you know, are there others? Watching... I'm not, I'm not like a huge, like, horror book buff or anything like yeah oh, there's a ton there's a ton of i'm it. sure there's a ton of authors there's just nobody well so, nobody comes so, to mind well interesting easily as king so i watched goose so i watched the movie goosebumps with ashley um a couple days ago and so rl really? stein you're gonna, you're gonna put rl stein up against stephen king <laughs> I, I mean his books are terrifying <laughs> to 10 year olds i mean that's that's what kind of that's what kind of matters 
Um, the but closet is terrifying <laughs> to 10 year olds. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it's funny because, I mean, the, the, that movie, the first movie is basically combines a lot of his most famous books into right. like a lot of the monsters into one, but there's a lot of good plots in there. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to do like a, a, a faithful adaptation, which means it's oriented towards 10 year olds. You could blow it out, make it more adult. You know, there's, there's lots of things you can do there. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think we've had enough of Stephen King for now. I think we need like a couple year break before we get more of his, uh, books. Adopt. That's all I'm saying. Like there's, there, there's, there's a, I, I read a good, um, exorcist book uh, the other day it's not the exorcist it's a book about an exorcism it was really mm-hmm. good it was really creepy um there's lots of material out there all right let's get to see don't see all right uh ewan mcgregor uh yeah. am i a three on him or am Ooh. i a two uh, oh, i'm probably a, oh, i'm probably a oh. two, two I'm, a, I'm a big yeah. fan of ewan mcgregor yeah hmm. i think he's one of the better actors that that i don't think he and i don't necessarily think he gets um the recognition he deserves. Hmm. Yeah. Because come at me. <laughs> well, no, I'm not necessarily going to contest you. I'm just, I, I guess what's sort of the sleeper hits he's had that hasn't been properly appreciated in your opinion. Um, well, now you put me on the spot. <laughs> wow. Or you could just keep, uh, your, unador- your, un- uh, your adoring. Okay. So you. yeah, there's, there's been a lot of like, Low, like lesser seen movies of his that I've been a fan mm-hmm. of, um, like Son of a Gun. He was really good. 2014, uh, Last Days in the Desert. He played Jesus. Uh, was he good? I thought in he, that? I didn't, I yes, saw that. yes, yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought it was a really good. That was a really good movie. Okay. Uh, Be- Be- Beginners is a really good movie. I was I was gonna bring that one up. Yeah, Beginners Haywire is is a really good movie. Um, okay. Yeah, so I mean they're out there. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he does uh, some. He does some not so great ones too. But oh, well, yeah. he's the he's the vil, He's gonna be the villain in the um, uh, the, uh, the. Oh, that's uh, right. The Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey movie. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Sometimes I... when he goes bigger. Oh, and he was really good in the Fargo uh, TV series. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at his IMDb. Yeah, it looks like from the trailer of that uh, Birds of Prey. He's just he's just you know. Putting on the, but he's gonna have a deliciously good time. Let's just like, say, he's, yeah, so he's definitely like lost scenery chewing. <laughs> Shoot, and yeah, right, right. Yeah. Just good. That's what you should be doing. In a comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I, I can't be a two. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in what he's in. I'm a one. I'm a one from yeah. You know, Obi, obviously, you know, his most famous role, Obi Wan Kenobi, who's you know the best part of the prequels. Uh, so that's where I am with him. Uh, the sh- <laughs> I hate to say this, call it this, but the Shining franchise. All you know uh. is. It's in the Shining franchise. Does this include the TV miniseries with? Uh... <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, with Steven Weber, right of, of Wings fame. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, I need to, I need oh, to rewatch. Man. I need to rewatch that. I remember uh, even at the time I watched that, and I, which was when Wings was on, I believe. Yeah, and I was just like in in love with all the Wings characters. I remember thinking that was a horrific performance by him. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like, great. Like, it's really not great. I gotta rewatch that at some point. That's just now, especially well, it, rewatch the Shining, like the original Shining. It was it was on uh, ABC, so maybe it'll be on Disney Plus. Who knows? <laughs> I think it was on ABC at the time. I can't remember. I don't, I don't. Anyways, uh, we digress. 
It must have been uh, NBC well, because Stephen Weber because Wings is on NBC, and I don't think they would have let that him out. Doesn't necessarily. Well, at the time, I think so. I think they had like network exclusive contracts. At the okay, time. Uh, who was it? We'll see. But anyways, what was the question? Uh, the Shining franchise. All you know is the Shining movie. franchise. Uh, you know, what? I'm gonna go with a three because the Shining a three. Wow. The, the original Shining is so good. Yes. That it it uh, it shines beyond <laughs> oh, the, the miniseries. Wow, um, I, I I love the movie as well. Again, I rewatched it recently, which is the first time I had seen it from start to finish in twenty years, and it's just an absolute masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. We really, I was thinking about like they they talk about this with athletes. Um, like we might get another Steven Spielberg again, but we'll never get another X, Y, or Z. Like I don't, I can't imagine getting another Stanley Kubrick. Like he was such no. a visionary, unique director. Well, like we, we could get another Martin Scorsese. I, I, I could see that. I cannot. I just couldn't see getting another Stanley Kubrick. Like we'll never yeah. get that movie again, especially now that he's passed away. Yeah, yeah, for a while. The Shining was on ABC, by the way. It was okay. Yep, nineteen ninety-seven. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, so I, so I love the shining. I just like the, just like the Joker. I don't want to see, it's just like, I didn't want to see any origin story for the Joker. I don't want to see any sequels to the shining. So I'd be like a minus two. Oh, minus wow. Two. Yeah. 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 Uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Ah, Oh, she's really good. Mm-hmm. Like turn a lot of things. I'm going to give her, uh, I still need to see more of her though. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the one though. Oh, okay. I'm a two. Yeah. I'm, a two. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like inching up to a two. Was she the villain in the Men in Black movie? Uh, oh, was she? I don't think so. She was a villain this year, but it was in uh, The Kid Who Would Be King. No, she played... Um, yeah, she was. She was She was in Men in Black International. Yep. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Emma, Tom- was- Emma Thompson, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, all, all your favorite actresses are in the, <laughs> one of your favorite movies she, of the year. She was, How did she you was, not like the movie? She was in The Kid Who Would Be King as, as Morgana, and okay. she was really good in that. Yeah. Um, and obviously Mission Impossible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did you see Life? No. The Space Station one? No. That's, a, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay, so you gave her one, I gave her two. Mike Flanagan. Uh, I'm gonna go with a one on that, just because I've enjoyed, uh, I've liked uh, the movies that I've seen of his, but I haven't seen them all, and mm. I haven't been like blown away by any of them yet. Right, uh, I'm a three. Yeah, he's. I've liked everything I've seen from him, and it's and if it's him, it's horror as of right now. So I'm in. Um, all you know about the movie is it. The story is about like a child who has like powers and it needs either saving or mentoring or protecting, and that's sort of the focal focal point of the movie. It's actually a pretty well worn genre. Uh, uh, it's also kind of like right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Logan was about this. Deadpool yeah, Logan. Was um, Midnight yeah. Special was right. one of my favorite movies of the decade. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm probably a three on that. Wow, a three. Oh yeah. Gosh. I'm being honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a sucker for it. I don't know. Kid kid actors are mostly annoying in some fashion. There's some good you ones. Gotta, you got to really nail the kid actor, too. Yeah, like, like Daphne Keaton. You got to nail the casting. Yeah. Right. 
Daphne Keene was terrific and Logan, um, but it really depends on the kid. So I'm going to go a zero. I'm gonna go zero. Ooh, you wanted to go one. Eh, I really did, but I just, uh, no, no. Um, last one. I know his movie features a cult uh, in a villainous role. Like there's some evil mm. cult that's, that the heroes have to go up against. I'm a two. Cults of... Uh, 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 this is going to sound weird, but cults have always fascinated me. Me too. Me too. This is like a morbid curiosity as to why people are attracted to them, how they get sucked in, and the whole dynamic of it. It's just like... Yeah. I really yeah. want to see a movie just about a cult, like cult life. And Did like, you, There's documentaries like, about it, and there's... You know, there the was case. a horror movie that was like based on the uh, Jonestown... I think it was oh, called what? Sacrament. Oh, the Sacrament. Out. It's it's a Joe Swanberg movie. Okay. Um, that came out. It, it's like a small movie. It's like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's from 2013, and it's a it's it's the news team travels, uh, to this remote, uh, compound, in South America, with this guy to find his missing sister, where it becomes mm. apparent that paradise. Mm-hmm. Is not how it seems. Right, right. Yeah, you you'd like it. Okay, all right. I'll add yeah. that to my list. So I'm a three. Yeah. So if that's not apparent, I am a three on that as well. Okay. Uh, oh, good scores. All right. So you're twelve out of seven categories. I'm oh, sorry, six categories, and I'm a seven out of six categories. So we're both interested. Oh, that's high for you. It is. It is. Yeah. I'm a crank. I don't like seeing anything. <laughs> uh, I only have one bonus question. Uh, if this, if the reviews came out saying this is like a Shining Awakens, you know that was like <laughs> this is like the Force Awakens, like they're promising like a beat for beat remake, basically where Ewan McGregor, you know, is probably going to be the Jack Torrance, like it follows the same kind of arc, mm. you know, and this kid, you know, whatever. Uh, are you more or less interested? I would be in, in that case. I would be less interested. Yeah, I'd be like way severely less interested. less interested. Me too. Me too. Good. All right, I'm glad we're on the same page on that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the last movie we're going to cover is Midway, uh, and we're not going to spend too too long on this um, <laughs> for a couple reasons. But we do have to cover it um, ma- mainly because Roland Emmerich is involved, and um, what, what and there's a Jonas brother. Uh, well, you're stepping on C, <laughs> don't C. But oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> there's only two storylines I want to cover here. For those who don't know, Midway is like a World War II movie. It takes place in the in the Jap- in the theater in the in the Pacific theater. Uh, after bombing of Pearl Harbor um, and before they really make their way to, you know, the island hopping uh, that they did in the Pacific. So uh, is, this a, is this a remake of the 76 movie Midway? I have no, no idea. With Charlton Heston and Henry Fonda? And... <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Wow. We did, we did lots of good research for this podcast once again. We're, I know we're, stu- <laughs> we're, stunning, we're stunning our listeners with our uh, preparation. Um, <laughs> so let's, um, let's discuss why we love and hate Roland Emmerich. We've made fun of him on this podcast a few times. Uh, whichever angle you want to take, uh, go for it uh, for Roland Emmerich. Oh, um, just look at his IMDb. <laughs> well, but take for your, but from your point from uh, your experience of his movies. Yeah, it's just everything's over the top. Um, the characters are paper thin, one dimensional, and <laughs> most of it's just just soup, like special effects, like just stupor. Okay. Um, yeah, 
Example, like, I just, yeah. It wears thin very fast. Yeah, he directed The Patriot, right? Yes, he did. Okay. So, so he's done a few good ones. So, like, yeah. I, I enjoy Stargate, Independence Day, The Patriot. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so I, I, I will defend him from this standpoint, which is I, I think it's okay for movies just to be popcorn movies, just to be entertainment. You know, they yeah, don't sure. need super deep characters. Um, I think this particular movie is an odd choice for that. Um for a couple reasons, but I, I think in a vacuum, like you know, do we need a a Chris? Do we need a movie like um, oh shoot, what was Christopher Nolan's World War um, Dunkirk? Yeah, Dunkirk. Do we need? Do we need? Uh, does every movie need to be like Dunkirk or like the movie by I'm Sam Mendes coming out? Nothing like Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, <laughs> no, but I just, but I just mean, it, I, I'll be sad if we just truly dismiss out of hand a movie that's just fun for the or just enjoyable for the sake of enjoyable where it's simplistic the good guys beat the bad guys kind of thing um what i will say in this movie is i think so let's take the patriot so obviously that was a revolutionary war movie it was not like a factual telling of the revolutionary war um you know it was obviously a lot of historical inaccuracies but that's not really the point is you know it was they're telling a revenge tale using with the Revolutionary War in the backdrop. Uh, same thing it did with Pearl Harbor, Michael Bay. They're smart enough to say, we're not just going to do a factual retelling. We're going to tell like a love story, but using Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but but with that in the backdrop, kind of like they did with Titanic as well. I'm not sensing that here with Midway, um, based on the trailers. This looks like a pretty, like, not obviously not a documentary, but they're trying to basically retell the story with no real human plot whether it's revenge, like a personal tale of revenge or romance or some sort of family drama going on. Do, do war movies need that? Need that human? Um, I think they, they need some kind of human element to them. Whether it's a, like, uh, you know, the band of brothers kind of aspect, like Mm -hmm. the guys like having each other's back, like in the movie fury or whatever, like saving private Ryan, most saving private Ryan. Yeah. Like, like something they need that kind of like, you need to have something like human and, and in the arena of war. Right. Right. And you know, I think the Patriot was a good example of, I mean, yeah, the family aspect to it. Yeah. Family, but also the revenge. I mean, it's not, it, it couldn't make, the the king or um uh shoot what's the Cornwallis like yeah, this yeah, must yeah, yeah. they couldn't make the mustache twirling villains it wouldn't make any sense you're not gonna have Benjamin Martin going across the ocean like they had to have you know this no name colonel you know be the sort of the focal point of right. the plot of revenge and the, the the face of villainy while still keeping along the story so I thought from that Spanish point it was really kind of cleverly well done where you follow the arc of the Revolutionary War but still you know, or popping popcorn to see Mel Gibson, you know, get his justice basically. So I'm not seeing that with Midway. That's why I think as we'll get to in box office predictions, I think that, I think the estimates are a little bit lowballing Cause I think, I think there's gonna be some audience, particularly an older audience, particularly on Thanksgiving to kind of see this movie. Um, just to kind of, see, there's definitely an audience for any type of war movie, world war one, world war two, wherever. Um, but without that sort of entertaining or emotional human romance or family drama or revenge tale, I just, I don't think this gets much traction. 
Any additional thoughts before we get no, to see I, that? No, I agree. I don't. I don't think yeah. there's. Okay. I don't suspect there'll be much of an audience for this one. Okay. So see, don't see Patrick Wilson. All you know is uh, he's, he's probably like a one for me. I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed most of his roles. So I think I'm a three. I, I, a three. I knew you were going to say three. <laughs> Why? Just be- because of the Conjuring universe. Well, the Conjuring universe. I thought he was really good as uh, in as the Aquaman villain. Um, I thought he was really yeah, enjoyable. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was really solid yeah. and much better than I thought he was going to be. I really again after seeing him as Ed Warren for a couple movies, I didn't think he could pull it off like being a nefarious villain. But he really did, and I was really. Yeah, was I'm just. Enjoyable. I'm not going out of my way to the movie theater just because Patrick Wilson's. Oh yeah, I think I am now. <laughs> He's no Emma Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I know who is though. Who is uh, World War Two movie? All you know is it's a World War Two movie. Mm. I'm probably a two on that. A two, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe close to a three. Yeah, World War World War One Two. Sorry, is more interesting than World War One. Um, not it's also not as depressing as any Vietnam War movie is going to be. Uh, so it's probably right the best movie because you know they take on the Germans and you know defeat them. So yeah, no, I'm a one. I agree, I agree with you. I'm a one on that. Uh, Roland Emmerich, I know, is he's directing mm. the movie. Yeah. So like I said, I liked like three of his movies, and then everything else I uh, pretty much hated. So I'm Minus. going. <laughs> I'm gonna say negative two on that one. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just out of respect for him doing Independence Day and the Patriots, just a one. Yeah, just out of respect. <laughs> just out of respect. That was um, twenty years ago, man. I don't care. I don't You're living care. in the past. The Patriots one of my favorite movies of all time. I got, it's just I gotta I gotta hand it to him. Uh, Aaron Eckhart. All you know is uh, Aaron Eckhart's uh, supporting mm. role. Ooh, I'm probably <laughs> a man. Ten years ago, I probably would have been a one or a two, right. but he's kind of fallen off for me. So I'm I'm going to say zero. Yeah, he was he was kind of tough in Battle of Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember. That might have been a turning point, <laughs> right? It really was because obviously he was fantastic in The Dark Knight um, and uh, and a couple other movies. He also rom com. He's in that kitchen rom com with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, Catherine Zeta Jones, I think. Um. Yeah, I, I, strong zero if that's such a thing. But uh, <laughs> um. okay, Chris Peterson, <laughs> I'm a strong zero. <laughs> I am firm in my belief that I have no, that he doesn't move the needle for me. Yeah, I really want to put a one for him, but yeah, no, I just can't. He's really falling off. Uh, all you know is a Jonas Brothers in the movie. You don't know which Jonas Brother. It's just a Jonas Brother. I can uh. I can't believe it really matters to anybody. Which Jonas Are Brothers? Are any of the other Jonas Brothers acting? <laughs> I, I don't know. Again, don't think it matters. Um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say negative two. Uh, and the only thing that keeps it from being a negative three is that uh, this Jonas Brother was in Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle, and uh, that wasn't awful. Yeah, so if a Jonas Brother was starring in it, it's a minus three. A supporting role is minus two, so I'm with you, I'm with you on that. Uh, Luke Evans, all you know is he is a supporting role in this movie. Uh, zero. I feel like Hollywood keeps trying to push him on me, and for whatever reason, it's just not working. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you, you and I are way different on this. Wow. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have, a, I'm, not, I'm not getting any 
Luke Evans vibes. So I. So here's the roles I remember him. So he was in the Desolation of Smog and the, the Hobbit sequel. Uh, I yeah, one, and yeah. I'd prefer to forget those movies ever happened. <laughs> I thought he was good and solid in that. Uh, I really enjoyed him as the villain in the Fast and Furious movie. Uh, yeah. I thought he was a really good villain there. I would not have cast him as Gaston. He would not have been even close to my top three. But given what he is, I thought he was fairly entertaining when, whenever he wasn't singing in that Um yeah yeah i mean i'm not gonna punish him for that because again just you know that's another you talk about villain origin stories dracula oh i'm only i'm only the prince of darkness because i'm just protecting my family like come on like protecting my (laughs) home i'm i'm the prince of darkness because of love (laughs) right right like just stop it anyway i think i'm a three i think he's wow yeah i know holy smokes Yeah, so you're, you're going to see any movie that that Luke Evans is in. Um, yeah, if I can, yeah. No, it's. I mean, that was wow. a role. I should. Yeah, I should. Why? I should you know what? You know it's I don't know. He's got charisma. I really think he's got. Does? Yeah, I'm entertained. I'm entertained by his accent. Like Him? I think he's got. I think he's got cockiness. That's kind of fun that he carries yeah. most of his roles. Uh, like a bravado. I think. Yeah, it's. I, uh, I th- I don't think it doesn't have to work for you. I mean, just I just I think it works for me. Yeah, like he's like a he's like a like decent like supporting guy or or maybe a villain, but yeah, like, like he's he's not gonna like a leading guy. Movies. Like he doesn't. Well, he's well, he's not doing anything. Yeah, um, hang on, let me just look at his IMDb real quick. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He, he was in a bunch of like you know smaller roles, and then he, I think he 2011 he breaks out with Three Musketeers. Then you get him as Zeus and the Immortals. Um, Fast and Furious 6 as Shaw. You have him in The Hobbit. Desolation of Smog and the Battle of the Five Armies. Dracula Untold. Fat, uh, Fury 70 shows back up again. Um, Girl on the Train. Beauty and the Beast. Fate of the Furious again. Uh, Ma this year. Like yeah, I'm sorry. He was in Clash of the Titans too. I forgot about that. He was in Clash. Uh, yeah, he was Apollo. Yeah. Oh, so wait, he was he was in Clash <laughs> of the of the Titans, and he was in the Immortals. Yes, he's played, he's played Zeus <laughs> and Apollo in two different. Should. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, I just you know what, you, what am I gonna say? I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a. I mean, so. It's it's unfair. I don't know if I'm a true. I mean, again, it's three relative to the supporting actor. Well, I don't know. I guess because it's supporting actor, I got to put it as a two. I don't think any supporting actor would make me go be at the theater opening oh, I night. I talked you down a level. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'm be the, fair. I'm talking that up as a victory. All right, that's all right. Because this next one could be in the the minus four. Um, uh, all you know about the movie is for Woody Harrelson's like playing a general like this is the <laughs> casting like he's played some high-ranking military official I, go ahead see or don't see yeah Woody Harrelson in <laughs> a Roland Emmerich movie is really really <laughs> weird and unique it's not enough to to make me go see it that's for sure <laughs> Uh, I'm probably going to be a negative one on that one. Negative one. All right, I'm a minus three. I cannot. That's like one of the worst casting decisions in, in recent memory. <laughs> Putting him as like a general or whatever. 
Um, okay, so you're minus two out of seven categories. I'm a positive two after seven categories. If it wasn't for Woody Harrelson, I would have been a positive five. So just so we're clear, <laughs> yes, you're as interested in Midway as you are in Last Christmas, which is uh, also a plus two. Yeah, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me, Roll Emmerich. We're 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 you in Sikapa. Your homies, you go back. <laughs> you guys All like right. peas and peas and peas and carrots. All right, we're that's running the, long, so we're gonna we're gonna speed along. I do only we have are. one. I am only have one bonus question uh, for you. I thought we weren't gonna spend much time on uh, midway. <laughs> I, I know. Well, Luke Evans always does that to me. Um, and Patrick Wilson. The uh, okay. So the only bonus question is. If, um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if they gender swapped like all of these roles, so it was like, and it doesn't make any sense, but so like, it was like Ghostbusters <laughs> for, for World War II. But like, all the generals are female, all the soldiers are female, like, all the Japanese are female. Like, it's just, it's just totally gender swapped. Um, more or less interesting <laughs> in seeing it. <laughs> Uh, now, what about the what about the the Japanese the tail- counterparts? So instead of Jonas, everyone's everyone's female. So it's, um, it's okay. So even even the even the villains. Yes. Of yes. the movie. So instead of Jonas Brothers, it's Taylor Swift. You know, who's playing you know, the fighter <laughs> you, you have to get Rihanna in there too. <laughs> right. Right. Rihanna. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, go ahead. More oh, or less. Oh man. <laughs> I would I would actually probably see that. <laughs> not in the in theater. The theater? But, oh, well, that's, no. that's, that's okay. But well, I, I'm not gonna. Theater. I'm not. Gonna, I'm probably never gonna see Midway. Mm-hmm. If it was, if it was a gender swapped World War II movie, <laughs> I might watch it just to see what kind of like debacle it is. <laughs> what kind of train wreck it, it was directed actually. by Paul Fage. Directed by Paul <laughs> Paul Fage on that. That's okay. not fair. All right, let's get to uh, Rotten Tomato uh, predictions here. We're going to skip Rotten Tomato review for this podcast since we're running long. And we only have reviews for Dr. Sleep. Uh, they're generally pretty good. Um, and, 75%. Uh, yeah, so go check it out if uh, yeah. you want. No reviews for Last Christmas or Midway. Let's start predictions for Last Christmas. Ken, go ahead. Oh, Last Christmas. I'm going to say opening weekend. I'm uh, uh, pr- Rotten Tomato. Rotten oh, tomatoes. oh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, let's go with optimistic. Let's say, let's say seventy-eight percent. Seventy-eight percent. Yeah, that feels <sighs> like right. Paul Figs, uh, you know, kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if it gets a high, it'll be really due to him. I'd be curious what he does with the in, within the constraints of a rom com. Um. I've not been impressed by the trailers. Um, it's it's really kind of seems like a formulaic rom com. I think this could be right in the sixty percent zone um, is my guess. So I, yeah, I'm gonna go like sixty one percent. I would I would just say like I don't think he really does formula. Is the one thing. <laughs> no, I agree. I I, I so. if he, I agree with that. And so it would be a first. I just based on the trail. I just didn't see anything in the trailer that looked unconventional. That looked like mm. a Paul Fage movie. So. Um, that's always a good idea. Midway. Midway. I'm gonna say twenty uh, something too high. <laughs> I'm gonna say twenty seven percent. Twenty seven percent. Yeah. Um, if there's no human interest story in it, it's Roland Emmerich. Yeah, it's. 
it's hard. Uh, I want to go like 31, but again, that might be way too high. Um, that, that's my gut, so I'll go like 31%. 31% for that. Okay, box office predictions. Let's start with uh, we'll start we'll start with Doctor Sleep because that's expected to win the weekend. So the Doctor Sleep range is generally in the twenties, um, usually around that high, like twenty five to thirty. Uh, Boxoffice.com is projecting a twenty five million dollar opening with a range of twenty three to thirty three. Uh, Ken, we'll start with you. What is your prediction? I'm gonna say because. Because forecasts for horror movies tend to be low, mm-hmm. I'm going to say thirty million. Thirty million, okay. So, my gut is again. I did not. Do, I did not prep on what horror movies did out post Halloween. Do my do my homework on that. My memory is they tend to underperform. There's only been there haven't been that many uh, that mm. come out in November. So this is a little bit new ground. Again, I think it's a bad week uh, to come out. I think everyone's done with Halloween for the most part. Now, horror movies are year-round exercise. But I think with Christmas season upon us, I think 25 is actually a pretty good number um, considering tracking's in, like, you know, high 20s. Uh, I'm going to go match box office here. I'm going to go 25. Mm. 25 with Dr. Sleep. Uh, let's go last Christmas. Um, so here, tracking is in the high teens. Uh, 15 to 20 million dollar range boxoffice.com has it 17 million uh did you make did you already write down your predictions are you, are you gonna play shenanigans if i go first or let's, uh... <laughs> uh you can go ahead i have a number okay so i i think this is pretty much predicated on the genre um i don't think the stars are good enough to really draw an audience of its own. I'm going to go a little light here. Box office 17. I'm going to go 16 million again, also partially due to <laughs> early November. So uh, that is my number 16. You're, you're going to hate me. I picked 16, <laughs> five. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. I thought I agree. I thought I was going to be on the lighter side. <laughs> All right. Last one. Midway. Um, so Midway. <laughs> Midway tracking has been dropping uh, the last few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We're now in low teens territory. Boxoffice.com is projecting twelve million dollars. Uh, I've seen anywhere from ten to twenty million for this. Ken, you go first. You know, I think this is. I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb. Okay. And I'm going to say it goes in below the tracking. Ooh. And it's going to be one of those movies that's like an immediate dud when it hits the theater. <laughs> I'm going to say DOA. I'm going to say 8.5. Ooh, wow. That boy, that would be bad. Um Okay. So, I think Again, I, I don't think this is going to open great. Again, I think it actually might have legs if it makes Except it that far. Except for Connecticut, where you rent out an entire theater. <laughs> the the question is, will will have a chance to sort of make it to Thanksgiving? Uh, if it opens at eight point five, it's so. probably it's probably like one and done, <laughs> basically, like maybe two <laughs> weekends tops. Uh, I I can't go below ten. I, I am willing to go a little light. I was going to go eleven million. I'll stick with that. Eleven eleven million dollars. For Midway. Um, all right, so you went 8.5. I went to 11. All right, uh, a couple of the movies coming out. So we have Playing with Fire, um, which is a comedy starring John Cena about firefighters or something or other. 
Uh, again, a lot of homework we did uh, for this podcast. Uh, that's projected around the seven to twelve million dollar range. Um, so go check that out. All right, so that wraps up for this week. Uh, Ken, what do you have to plug? Uh, I just posted a review for Terminator Dark Fate. I have another one coming for Parasite, uh, which was the Bong Joon-ho uh, mm-hmm. Korean movie that is very good. I will not go beyond that. And uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, I just had an article published uh, in defense of Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, I... Uh, I lay out the case for why Rotten Tomatoes should remain an important site and should not be dismissed like many uh, people are wont to do these days. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, next week, we'll be back next week. Uh, next week, we have three more wide releases. Kind of say November is so busy <laughs> with packed. releases. Uh, we have two big ones. Uh, one big one, I'll say. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari uh, coming out. That's Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Looking forward to previewing that. We also have Charlie's Angels. Uh, another uh, reboot of that. And then we have The Good Liar, um, which is Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. Uh, that will coming out. We're gonna probably, I think we're going to spend the bulk of our time on Ford versus Ferrari. I think we'll spend a few minutes on Charlie's Angels as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe a minute or two on The Good Liar. So, um, so come back next week for that and check out all of the Onstage Blog uh, podcasts. Uh, there We have, I think, more than a dozen podcasts now on the network. We just recorded uh, an episode for the Movie Court. Movie Court is back. Um, we may or may not have debated whether The Last Jedi was a good movie or not. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We might uh, be releasing that a little bit closer to the Rise of Skywalker uh, release. Uh, but uh, keep attuned to my Twitter feed and Ken's Twitter feed for any updates on that. It's a really good one. We had a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Peterson uh, made the case why is a bad movie. Ken defended it, says good movie, and I was a judge. And uh, it was a very close verdict, I'll just say that. Hmm. So uh, also check out a Movie Musical Shakedown, Desperate Seeking Entertainment, uh, and always stay tuned to the box office preview. We're going to be we're back uh, not quite every week. I think we're going to take the first week of December off. Uh, that's unless you really want to hear us break. That's a nothing weekend. Unless you want to hear us break down Playmobil, uh, Playmobil uh, the movie. I don't um, even want to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna skip that week, but we'll be back each and every week up and up until Christmas. Um, and uh, and there's again a lot of big movies coming out. So uh, if you're going to see the movies this week, have fun, enjoy, tell us all about it in our Twitter Twitter feeds. Uh, you can follow me at Greggy three three three. I'm Ken Jones eighty one. Yep, and uh, follow us on Facebook. We have on screen. Check us out there. And uh, and tell us all about it. Uh, all right. So for Ken Jones, this is Greg Earhart. We'll see you next week. Adios.